Welcome to Absolutely Right, the very first graphology, which means handwriting analysis-based podcast show in India. My name is Aditi Farana. I'm a graphologist and a high-performance coach. Now, every week we come up with different topics that can help you grow and move forward and learn something about a person by analyzing their handwriting. Today's show is slightly different. On today's episode, we are doing the need of the hour conversation. We have a panel of experts, veterans in their field who would be talking about their expertise about COVID's journey. So from pharmaceutical background, from, you know, uh, COVID warriors, from a psychology background and a yoga background. So we have created all these conversations to make sure that the questions that you and I have about how to go about it, what to do, what will happen if I get positive, what will happen if I do not find the resources, all these conversations, all these questions are answered in today's episode. So let me introduce you to our panel. The first panelist is Dr. Sanjay Arora, who was our guest before. He is the founder of Suburban Pharma. Sanjay's lab was the first private venture that was allowed to do COVID testing, and they have been relentlessly for more than a year. The second panelist on our show is Dr. Ruchi Samdhani, who is a nephrologist and currently working as a COVID warrior. She has been on this job non-stop. You know how COVID warriors and all the doctors and nurses and medical professionals are being so kind and have been in this journey in spite of their personal struggles. So Ruchi and her husband both are in this profession and she speaks about how exactly one can deal with slight damage of our organs if we go through hospitalization and if things go in that direction what can you do how can we build how what precautions we can take and overall you know the panic that we have about the situation the third panelist is Dr. Shwetambara Sabarwal. She is a psychologist and psychotherapist. She talks about the mental aspects. So, you know, the COVID trauma, the lockdown trauma, the anxiety, and how we can change our perspectives and what can we do to alter the way we look at the situation, especially when we get anxious and we get all worked up. Our last panelist on the show is our previous guest, Sarvesh Shashi, who is a young yogi and an entrepreneur and being a yoga practitioner for more than 23 years, he brings in his perspective with his COVID journey and how pranayam and yoga practice has helped him and how it can help us. So he gives us some tips to look at our lifestyle changes to build our immunity and in case something goes wrong, how we can recover at the fastest possible speed. Now, all these people are, you know, experts in their field and they bring in their expertise to help us understand what we can change, how we can alter things and how we can stay calm, grounded and stable, as stable as possible if we become COVID positive. I hope we answer all the questions that you have about this situation and this episode turns out to be extremely informative for you. Without further ado, let me invite the panel to join in and let's dive into the conversation. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for this special episode where we're going to talk about COVID and how, you know, all the things that we can do, all the things we should not be doing and all of you are expert in your own domain. So again, thank you so much for taking out time. Let's, let's talk about the first foremost struggle that all of us are having about all the confusion that we have. So from your end, when it comes to COVID, uh, what are those two things that everybody must keep in mind, you know, in general at home, if you're not COVID positive, what you should keep in mind. And if you are COVID positive, what you should keep in mind. Can I just open the floor for everybody, anybody to answer? 
Yeah. So I think the two main pointers uh, for both COVID positive and COVID negative would be mask up, up uh, above your nose and below your chin, sanitize your hands. Uh, I think these are the four, four, two foremost mantras to keep yourself safe and keep others safe as well. Sure. And we've been hearing it for more than a year now, but still we have to repeat these two instructions over and over again completely. I agree with Dr. Samdani first about masking. Uh, but before that, I would say, uh, don't step out if you can avoid. Um, stay indoors. I think uh, other than healthcare workers who really need to be out there, the rest of us, if you can, please you know, manage whatever you can from home. I think that's the most important thing. And I'll give you an example of what's happened in Mumbai. End of March, uh, when we saw the spike, our testing demands you know, went up to more than 10,000 test requests a day. We went up to mm-hmm. almost 12 to 13,000 test requests. After the partial lockdown, uh, today the volumes have come down and our test requests have come down to about half of that. So even though our testing capacity has gone up, but the requests have come down, which clearly shows the the benefits of staying indoors, of avoiding, you know, stepping out, of avoiding meeting people, uh, you know, face to face. And the other big takeaway from my side is that I think vaccination sometimes has given a false sense of security. People Why believe that. So people, I think, tend to drop their guard after they get vaccinated. Mm. Uh, many people still don't realize that even after vaccination, they can still get infected. Right. Uh, and they might be asymptomatic. So they won't even realize that they've been infected and they can still be the ones to transmit the infection to others. So I think it gives them a false sense of security that after vaccination, you know, I'll be okay. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not the case. Vaccination, the goal of vaccination is to prevent severe disease. It is, it's to modify the outcome of the disease. It will downgrade the severity of the disease, Mm. but will not prevent you from getting infected. So I think it's very important that even after vaccination, you continue to follow the norms of masking up and staying indoors as far as possible. So these would be my you know, top two takeaways. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Um, yeah, sure. I think uh, I echo that sentiment. I'd like to answer your question uh, with one um, answer in two words, which is individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, precautions have been given to us over and over again. It's almost like that's the music that's playing in our head when we're calling anyone, when any, anyone's calling us. Right. But um, I think the key factor here is to be able to take individual responsibility. If there's any time that we need to do this, it is, it is now. And all of us should keep that in mind. It's each, each one of us is playing a role in the larger picture. A hundred percent, yes. Sarvesh? No, I mean, uh, I don't have much to say because the, the three uh, superstars have said themselves and everybody have articulated in a manner in a very simple manner on what one should do because I tested positive on the 7th of April in spite of 23 years of yoga (laughs) Uh, a lot of people thought that oh if you do yoga and you're fit you won't you you won't get it right I mean that's another misconception that people are having Uh, but I think God was kind Um, I tested negative on the 15th of April which also happened to be my birthday and with almost no symptoms and uh, I mean no medication as well. Uh, I didn't, apart from vitamin C and D, I didn't take anything else. Mm. And uh, that I would give it, uh, give credits to yoga, my breathing exercises, etc, etc. My strain was bad. CT value was pretty low. Uh, But apart from loss of smell and taste, I was perfectly fine. So I think like uh, Shwetambra said that individual responsibility 
is going to be the fundamental reason of everybody coming out of this uh, together. Because only if we, all of us, one and a half billion Indians are able to take individual responsibilities of whatever it is that needs to be done, whether it's staying at home, staying safe, um, you know, masking up, sanitization, Isolation. all of it. it. It is, one needs to realize that this is real. If they don't realize that, it's going to be hard. So I'm going to move to Sanjay, uh, you know, let's start from the whole diagnostic area and let's understand this whole concept. And I'm curious that if you take a test, it takes around 24 to 48 hours for you to get your reports. So how does that work? Like if you have to get admitted and if you are in that, that moment where you have to take a call, how does it work? So Aditi, actually that all labs have ramped up capacity and the biggest challenge for labs today is inability to predict the demand. Uh, you know, uh, we don't know how the demand is going to come up. So we had a capacity of around five to 6,000 tests per day and the demand, you know, just suddenly went up. Mm. Um, so it takes time for us to ramp up capacity. Um, and that's probably the only time when, you know, we're not able to give back the results within 24 hours. Having said that, I think all labs have now been able to ramp up capacity and most labs are able to give the results within 24 hours. However, there are times when even 24 hours becomes too long and people need the results almost immediately. So there are right. two options here. Uh, one is, you know, you can, uh, so if somebody needs to get admission into a hospital and they are critically ill, almost all hospitals have access to rapid antigen testing. Although it is not as accurate as uh, the RT-PCR test, mm. but yet you know, it will give you a fair indication. If it's positive, you can almost certainly assume um, that the person is COVID positive and it won't give you a false positive. It might give you a false negative. So that's a, and that's a 30 minute test. It can be done at the hospital uh, okay. and you can probably get, you know, uh, next line of treatment. The other option, which has been introduced recently, maybe a few weeks ago, is a company called Abbott, which has introduced a rapid RT-PCR test. So we mm -hmm. first introduced that at the airport uh, for, you know, passengers who were arriving, international passengers, and we could give them the results within half an hour. We have now put that machine available, you know, at the parking lot of the airport at a couple of other centers in Mumbai, where you can come, wait for about half an hour, 45 minutes and get the result. So there are these two options available in case someone needs to do a test in an emergency uh, mm -hmm. and can't wait for, for, for 24 hours. then these two options can be used. Dr. Ruchi, I have the next question for you. Now, when it comes to the whole, you know, younger population getting infected and the whole struggle that we are feeling, like I was talking to a friend, her three-year-old got first uh, positive, tested positive, and then the whole family got it. Now, what do you do in situations like that? And, and how severe, like, you know, we know the second strain is really, really severe, a third one. How severe it is? What are those real challenges that you're facing? So, uh, really good, good and pertinent question, I feel, uh, in the current scenario, because it's very different from what we experienced in the first wave, where the younger population and children were uh, spared. So children being infected, which we're seeing more and more often nowadays, is primarily the responsibility and the outcome of the parents being more outgoing. The parents land up, uh, have been either going out or they have to go out to work. I mean, they're all, the younger population has, they are the bread, bread earners. Both they have to take care of the younger ones and the older ones. They cannot be sitting at home for like more than a year now. So as they step out, we're seeing more of infection rate. That's why amongst the children. The fortunate part is that most children, uh, even after they contract COVID, uh, 
the COVID is fairly mild in them. Of course, we have a very small subset of children who can have a multi-organ uh, multi inflammatory, uh, inflammatory syndrome. However, that's a really small, so small subset. Uh, we have to be more vigilant. We have to be more careful as uh, as the younger population. I feel the key in in trying to curtail, apart from uh, masking and sanitization, is going to be vaccination. That is actually going to be that is at least going to try and give us less severe infections right. and decrease the mortality and morbidity which we are seeing in the current uh, scenario. But as, as Dr. Sanjay said, that in spite of that, we have to be really, really careful. Absolutely. Even if we absolutely. do that. So Shadambara, next question to you. How are people coping? And, and I've been working on this anxiety part and I'm seeing how it is devastating. Not only the situation when you go through the trauma, but the possibility of you, know, you or your family member going through it. So everything that is happening in, in the air and what you see on social media and all the news, how do you deal with it? If you have any ways for our listeners to look at a few things that they can do on a regular basis? Ideally, I would have liked to address anxiety in an entire different conversation, but I'm going to try and pack this with both anxiety and coping since you used um, both those words. Um, I'd, I'd like to explain this with an analogy. Let's mm -hmm. say we're cooking and when we cook on high flame, um, we start to burn the food. Right. Uh, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to turn off the gas? Because that's not going to help, help you cook the food. You're just going to have to simmer it down. Right. So the thing with anxiety is that we have to recognize that when it starts to get out of control, when it starts to interfere with our functionality, when it starts to overwhelm us, then it is diagnosable or a, debil a debilitating condition which can convert into uh, an anxiety disorder and coping with that is a whole different um, ballgame. Right. If we are able to contain it, simmer it down, regulate it and keep it to concern, then we can take the necessary precautions, we can be responsible, we can be compassionate and even prevent a situation like that. That is an ideal case scenario. If there is anxiety or experiencing anxiety to the point that there is interference in your daily functionality, mm. if there are unexplained emotional outbursts, unexplained uh, physical manifestations, then it is absolutely imperative that you seek some support. Please do not wait for it to become chronic. Uh, one of the things that we have noted in the last year and a half is that pe people who are already emotionally fragile are the ones who've landed up uh, developing full-fledged um, mental health concerns and you can't really attribute it to the pandemic it can be a trigger it could have exacerbated it but there were already some undealt with uh, emotional concerns relationship concerns or just uh, you know um, childhood concerns and those have manifested in the form of anxiety as far as coping is concerned i've always explained the whole self as a triangle of you know three sides that lean on each other support each other and that's the body mind and soul it is important for us to understand that when we neglect any the other mm -hmm. two will fall will get impacted um, and so it's very important that to cope we put in a little bit on a daily basis in each of those pockets the body mm -hmm. mind and soul come together to make a whole self and as far as 
you know, coping is concerned or wellness is concerned, it's very important for us to invest in all of those three. As far as uh, the current condition is concerned, I'd like to conclude with saying that we have to learn to quickly recover from bad news. You mentioned news, you mentioned, you know, we're also talking about children. They're hearing their peer group getting the disease. There's family members who are contracting it. They're seeing, you know, grandparents being taken to the hospital and back parents as well. Uh, it's a very, very difficult time. There can be many, many triggers. So it's very important that we all start talking in families about how to recover from stress. We have to depart from bad news and learn how to quickly recover. Again, that needs to happen in each of those pockets, like I said, body, mind, and soul. And it's important for us to be able to restore our resources, you know, to be able to go forward. Now on that comment of body, mind, and soul, I have to bring in the yogi. He's mm -hmm. already smiling. He's like, oh, of course. So Sarvesh, over to you. <laughs> you know, in spite of 23 years of it, yoga. It's not, of course, it's not me. That's the reaction. <laughs> So when we, when we look at the, the mind, body and soul aspects, what are the things, you know, we had initially that notion that your immunity will be built by pranayam and by haldi and other things. In last year's few months, we spent a lot of time, all of us were, you know, hearing things on WhatsApp and other sources. Now, how do you look at it? What can people do according to you? Yeah, I'll start this off with a quote that Lionel Messi once said. He said that, uh, I trained 19 years to be an overnight success. So everybody thinks that, okay, in 14 days, I will do pranayama and my immunity will get built and I'll be able to fight this whole thing better. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, it is 22 years of not just, um, you know, not just pranayama or whatever. It was eating healthy, clean eating, fitness, workout. I was a professional cricketer. Used to meditate for nine hours a day. I've gone monolith for 40 days. I've, I've done quite a lot of stuff at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of that practice is potentially what I believe would have helped me. I don't know. Right? I'm not going to say, hey, yoga helped me. No, I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I believe uh, it could have helped me because of my eating habits. A lot of people uh, kind of forget the importance of eating healthy and eating clean and healthy food. I mean, a lot of direct-to-consumer brands have now come up and saying, hey, haldi, ashwagandha, and I mean, organic food and whatnot. Sure. And, you know, it, it's been said many, many years ago, eat uh, dal, eat uh, normal Indian stuff. And when the pandemic happened, if you actually realize what came forward is wash your hands, have a shower twice a day, uh, uh, you know, all of these stuff, these are, these are all basic stuff that one should be doing any which way. You didn't need a pandemic to make all of us realize that. Sure. But that said, uh, that being said, uh, yes, I do think uh, three pranayam, three pranayamas will genuinely affect and be helpful in these really, really tough times. And not just now. I think you should make it into a lifestyle. Uh, and those are kapalapati, which is said to be a kriya. Second is anulom vilom, which is an alternative nostril breathing. And the third is called bastrika pranayam. And if you're able to do this for 10 minutes every day for the rest of your life, you will be in a fairly good space. And I can pretty much vouch for that because not just me, my mom, my dad, my younger brother, who's a heart patient, uh, my brother-in-law, my uh, entire family, right from 11-year-old to, uh, you know, my uh, granddad who's 80, 85 right now, 
tested positive. All of us, I think probably 55 people in the family plus would have tested positive. All of us have recovered fortunately well. And I think I would give it all to the yoga that they've potentially practiced, the food that they've eaten, etc, etc. And it's not that other people have not done that. And you know, I know that healthy people have also uh, succumbed to the virus, but unfortunate uh, for that. But as much as you can, uh, we can take care of ourselves, individual responsibility, very, very shortly and simply said, uh, it would be great. And you know, body, mind and soul, very nicely put. I give it body, mind and nourish, which is nourishing yourself, right? which is food. A lot of people tend to forget that. And uh, that's what we say. And we, before the pandemic, nobody wanted to do pranayama at Sarva. We did <laughs> classes for over 700,000 people right now. That's 7 lakh people. Nobody wants to do pranayama. Now, nobody wants to do yoga. <laughs> Cut the asanas. Let's get to the breathing. I'm like, you don't need this. I mean, if, if, you, if, if I trust the doctor, if I trust Shwetamra, I need to give myself you know, completely and say, okay, now I, I know you will do the right thing for me. Right. I, I always say be black or white and don't be gray. Thank you. Thank you. Riti, I just add to that, uh, you know, I completely echo what everybody said, but just to add to what uh, Sarvesh said that there are many things, you know, which are not in our control. As you said that, you know, the genes you are born with, uh, you know, the mutations of the virus, uh, the behavior of other people, but there are some things which are in your hands. I think that's what Sarvesh is trying to say. And maybe I can just paraphrase that, that do what is in your hands, at least. At least do what you can do to nourish your body, your mind and your soul. And keeping a healthy lifestyle is in your hands. I don't think anybody else needs to come and prod you for that. You don't need a pandemic to prod you. That can be a regular feature of your life on a daily basis. So I think do at least whatever you can on your own. That's the important message. You know, the rest, of course, you know, you can't control everything, but control what you can. That's right. I mean, somebody asked me once how many times in a week I need to do yoga. I asked him how many times do you shower in a week? He thankfully said seven days. And I said that many times you need to do yoga as well and take care of your health. So, uh, Sanjay, next question was for you. Uh, do you think people are like doing too many tests in the panic that they are in right now, like just to make sure that they are okay. And and when when do you think people should really consider taking a test, especially for asymptomatic patients? I've been doing uh, healthcare. I've been a healthcare professional for over thirty five years, and in diagnostics for twenty seven. And you know, we always believe that diagnostics, you know, has a critical role in uh, medical decision making. And right. today, uh, you know, it's been amplified. Unfortunately, because of COVID, how testing has played such a big role uh, and testing has been given the right kind of attention that it deserves. But also, you know, unfortunately, that words like RT-PCR, antigen, antibody have become common. But words like IL-6, D-dimer, uh, you know, uh, CRP, these are also other words that have become very common. Right. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. And so... Just to articulate what you said that sometimes people, you know, along with doing the RT-PCR test, they also go ahead and ask for these other tests. Right. Now, those tests are not necessary to be done on day one. I think it's very important that if somebody is RT-PCR positive, you wait for at least three or four days for, you know, the symptoms to manifest if they do. Because if you do the tests on day one, 
and they all come normal you might get a false sense of security everything is okay and maybe 2 3 days later some things will will manifest so right. i think there's a little bit of a anxiety you know and dr sabarwal can probably answer that better but i think it's just that eagerness that you know i'm getting the test done i might as well get everything done yeah so i think uh, you know take advice from your family doctor when to do what test and like you said that if you are asymptomatic you may not need to do any of the other tests you may just know that you are rt pcr positive what you need to monitor is of course two things your temperature so have a good thermometer at home and your oxygen saturation so have a good pulse oximeter at home these are probably the two essential things the rest if you take advice from your medical practitioner you would probably be given the right timings of doing tests however when people recover from covid mm. you know we are seeing a lot of post covid symptoms that sort of prolong so uh, cardiac conditions diabetes lung conditions so these are some of uh, you know the Uh, impact areas that you need to monitor for after you have recovered from covid uh if you are healthy like sarvesh then perhaps you know it's okay but you know somebody who's got again words like comorbidities have become now common language you know for people yeah. so if you do have a comorbidity perhaps you need to be a little more watchful after you have recovered from covid so to check your hemoglobin check your blood sugar check your ecg check your lung function so these are certain things that you know again basic organ functions that you need to check for after you've recovered from so uh, you know the oxygen deficiency the way we are suffering and dealing with it around the country what can people do can people really do anything being at home is it even possible yeah so i think a lot of questions are being asked that should i stock uh, an oxygen cylinder at home yeah <clears throat> should i get an oxygen concentrator at home um and you know i think people are obviously anxious and especially if you have somebody who's elderly at home uh, you become a lot more you know scared right uh, you know my advice is that if there is somebody in your house who's vulnerable who has a pre existing lung condition uh, perhaps then you may need to invest in an oxygen concentrator but if you stock otherwise you know the people who are in need will not get it so i think it's better to let the people who desperately need it first to be given the opportunity because people who have the resources may be able to stock it but somebody who does not have the resources but who needs it more may unfortunately not get it because the stocks are limited right. uh, but if you do have a pre existing lung condition that perhaps is one of the reasons or somebody who's really elderly or unwell or you know has breathing difficulty you may want to keep that uh, as a backup other than that i think just a pulse oximeter and a thermometer these are the two essential instruments that you need to have at home dr ruchi next question is for you you know people are coming back from their hospitalization with some degree of lung damage and it might not be severe but you know lung is such an organ that eventually it comes back and you have to deal with the repercussions so what do you do like in that case if you have minor damage or like you know 10% 20% So you are technically healthy and out of the situation, but also not. Right, uh, right. What right. do we do in that so case? I, so actually, what you uh, brought up, Aditi, is very pertinent because we are seeing a lot of this syndrome, which we call is post-COVID syndrome. Right. Where up to uh, up to twelve weeks post-COVID, they, they present with various different kinds of manifestations. Lung damage uh, manifests in the form of breathlessness. Then uh, the other things which we also see fairly often is fatigue, anxiety, depression. Then mm. they have a lot of muscle pain, body ache, 
they can have inflammation in the heart uh, so as uh, dr sanjay also just said monitoring would be essential mm. so things which should be to be done depending on the kind of symptom you're having if you're having any uh, if you're having breathlessness actually pulmonary rehab or respiratory rehab is the way to go and pranayama breathing exercises or incentive spirometry would be a good option to increase your lung capacity because what we do see in these post covid syndromes is that the lung tissue part of it depending on the severity gets converted into fibrous tissue so right. that much lung is lost and hence you want to increase the capacity of the remainder part of the lungs when the heart is involved especially in someone who has comorbidities you should consult post covid your uh, doctor and get maybe an ecg and a 2d echo and continuation of blood thinning medications so we have to be watchful but not fearful at all and uh, deal with all of these as we actually it's been very nicely pointed out mind body soul nourish i think actually this quadrangle uh, especially for rehab in the post covid times is imperative and that is the only thing apart from medical investigations which is going to be, help in uh, recovery so uh, here we are talking about the physical recovery now coming to you what are the psychological recovery points and how do you support a friend family member who's going through it and what are those you know things we must do to be of not only emotional support but overall creating mental health for them you see that there is a lot of strain that everyone's experiencing the way we all relate to this strain whether it is physical emotional situational relationship social it becomes a stress or not mm. you know it's famously put that nothing is a stressor unless you treat it so so it's very important for us to start understanding how we relate to stress how are we going to relate to this crisis and that will make all the difference from the smallest change in our life for example the way we are connecting with people now virtually to the biggest not being able to go out actually a pandemic out there on the lock you know not feeling safe well within our home home turf um so there are a lot of changes that we are faced with and the way we choose to relate to all of this will make a very big difference in our coping um uh, like sarish was saying that taj mahal wasn't built in a day so <clears throat> it's very important for us to start investing in this not expect miraculous recovery but at the same time persist with investment um in all of those components that i was talking about which is body mind and soul how do you support someone who's either quarantined or isolated or is affected it's very important to stay connected with them i've had experience with family in the hospital in the icu lots of patients in the icu their families call you know for, for crisis intervention where you know doctors intensivists are saying now it's you know it's all about a positive mindset they have to fight back and that's when we step in and you know it's very important for us to be able to connect with them the advantage that family has is that you already know them you know their strengths you know their desires you know what makes a difference so you know those are the things that you can talk about uh we've had instances where we send the grandfather pictures and videos uh you know of their grandchildren um you know put pictures up in the in the room uh, made posters out of things um so 
depending on what is important for them, just trying to give them some hope and optimism. Optimism here doesn't translate into showing them an unrealistic uh, picture or a positive mindset uh, alone, but just to be able to communicate that tomorrow can be better. For that, we have to fight and persist today. Now, all of these things are easier said than done when it comes to psychology. This is exactly the challenge that it takes us time, um, you know, to be able to establish that relationship and to be able to get some results. So in terms of coping, I think the primary environment that we have is families. It's important for all of us to start having these conversations at home, uh, you know, to be able to support each other. Also, in, you know, in terms of prevention, God forbid, if this was to happen, you know, how are we going to collectively uh, support each other? What are some of the things that we can already plan, you know, be ready for uh, so that God forbid, if someone was to get sick, we can provide the necessary support. Motivation and optimi optimism is key. Help them restore their belief in the fact that they can make a difference. Dr. Sanjay also spoke, up, uh, spoke about it, that, um, you know, it's, there are certain things that are in your control. Anxiety is a result of us trying to control what is not in our control. So this is really related to that concept. Just looking at what is it that you can do in the here and now? You know, what is it that you can do in the present moment? How can you contribute towards your health? And I think that is key to communicate to anyone who's contracted the disease. So you're also saying that be optimistic, but be <clears throat> practical. Do not miss on the fact that whatever is in front of us, we have to deal with it. And whether we like it or not, we will have to deal with the repercussions or consequences of our decisions. Absolutely. That is how I differentiate between positive thinking and rational thinking. Because if you're a positive thinker, you'll just sit back, not bother about uh, precautions, you know, not bother about being prepared. Uh, but if you're being rational, uh, being optimistic, you're not giving up on the individual responsibility you have for your own health today. Um, and for those, for that of the others. Well said. Sarvesh, uh, I have to ask you this question. People who have gone through COVID journey and now they are on the other side, you know, like the, there are uh, challenges of weakness and they want to recover faster. Now you have already made it clear that do yoga every day and these are the few pranayams that one can pick up. What other things that you would recommend when you say nourish, when you say other aspects, what do you have in mind? Uh, just one point I'd stand corrected, not do yoga every day, do pranayama every day. When I mean pranayama, not a big, pranayama is a part of yoga, yes, but maybe people listening out there have different notions. Uh, mm -hmm. Breathing exercises in very simple terms every day is fantastic. Uh, a physical exercise, you can choose anything of your own. It could be cycling, it could be walking, it could be yoga, it could be gym, it could be anything. But take it slowly. Take it slowly. Do not rush into it. I must tell you, even me, I'm not at my optimum fitness levels today. Right? I mean, I need to... Uh, there is no two ways of not wanting to accept that. You know, like uh, Shwetambra said, uh, optimistic thinking, positive rational. thinking versus rational. In, in Sarva, we call it be positive. It's okay, but don't, don't make it toxically positive. Like, hey, I can fall down from a 20-floor building and I'll be fine. Right? That's, you have some other words to that, right? It's not positivity. So I would say, take it easy. Give 30 minutes. I always, very in, in, in simple terms, I give very easy three tips for anybody. 30 minutes every single day for yourself. 
for your health every single day right even when you get in a get on a plane aerostress first say during the travel wear your mask first then give it for others so self care self love comes above all so number 1 is 30 minutes for yourself number 2 again very simple 3 and a half to 4 liters of water every single day simple things that one can do to take care of themselves three is if you can eat dinner early at 7:30ish between 7:30 and 8 yes a lot of people are in night shifts etc but early dinner will really be helpful these three simple tips can really really change your life and i mean there are multiple other things right right from what food to eat what diet you need to be on what are the exercises for your body which part if you have an ailment what to do etc but i mean those will depend people to people but these three things that i continuously say are what i just said right 30 minutes for yourself um 3 and a half 4 liters of water every day and three is if you can have dinner early it'll be fantastic and i would also add one thing there's a big difference between love and compassion as words uh love is i i at least in my personal opinion it's two way compassion is one way and if you're able to be grateful in life for the food you have on your table the roof you're sitting under and for the people you have around with you is great because my guruji always said that as long as you're breathing don't worry yeah but covid has taken away that one right of breathing away from us so definitely that's why i think people are also as concerned as they are we are at a point of concluding our conversation but before we go i want to ask you in last one year if there is one moving experience that you have had something that was transformational something that was you know really really uh, grounding for you or you know change the way you look at life can you share some small experience of it all there are so many experiences you know but i'll this this one particular incident so this was when there was a complete lockdown mm. and uh, we were one of the first labs that were given the permission to do testing right uh, so there's this guy who comes to our neighborhood on a cycle and he supplies bread and eggs and you know basic food items like that mm. he somehow got to know that we were doing testing and i had actually connected with him for something you know which uh, sarvesh would like because whenever he would come in the evening to supply eggs and bread i would see that he has a phenomenal physique so i actually started chatting with him and you know and he used to go to the gym after midnight every night now this is a this is a guy who is working all day to supply egg bread and things like that but he made it a point to go to the gym after midnight and he would show me his videos of working out and things wow. so i was i really connected well with this young fellow so he reached out to me and he said that can you help me get tested so he said that none of the buildings are allowing me to supply that because i'm a risk to them so i said don't worry we'll get this done for you so you know the impact of doing a small test for us had such a huge impact not only on him so of course we did the test for him at that time the test was very expensive so we you know whatever we could you know would discount we did that for him and it came negative fortunately now he was he was armed with that report of him being rt pcr negative so not only did he you know start his own livelihood of supplying that but because of him supplying food it helped every apartment every person in that neighborhood to get access to food now just a small test could have had such a big impact i mean it's it's left a lasting impression on me that you know we just take so many things for granted 
and this man you know i've just i just connected with him so well he's now of course gone to his his native place so i'm looking forward to him coming back and you know continuing my conversations with him thank you so much for that story thank you everybody for your time and and being so generous with all your expertise and and your you know insights and uh, thank you so much again for your precious time and thank you for being on the show you know each episode is built in a way that you get to learn something about yourself this time we thought you should learn about things that you must do so that physical and mental health is covered we have this humongous challenge in front of us and we can't simply deny that we need to build different kind of skill set toolbox to tackle and handle the situation if you're still worried about certain things and if you want to reach out to these experts their details are mentioned in the description box so you can check out you can reach out to them and if anxiety is your concern and if you're feeling completely bogged down by all the emotional challenges that you're going through and especially in the lockdown you know people are getting really really worked up now in that case you can join our social initiative which was going on for last 21 days this particular workshop is designed for you to use these powerful tools of graphotherapy and handwriting journaling for you to discover certain aspects of your anxiety now this workshop is available for free on the link aditisurana.com/lockdown21 so make sure that you go through the process learn things about yourself and alter the way you look at the situation you look at the problem look at you know everything that worries you bothers you and makes you anxious about covid i hope we have given all the resources required i know the time is tough and we have to fight with it together so this was our attempt in any way if we can be of help please let us know you can reach out to me on my instagram handle at aditi surana or on our email id right which is writ at aditisurana.com things are difficult and we cannot deny that for sure but if we start looking at things which are in our control things that we can do things we can alter and we stay stable as stable as possible then we might not be the result of the situation outside we'll be able to create the the newer environment in our minds tough as it may seem this is the need of the hour and we have to rise and do whatever it takes i will see you on friday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing